Good evening, gents. Good evening. Good evening. Just waiting for Paul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wayne, by the way, that's Elijah. Uh, Elijah, how you doing, sir? I'm good, thank you. Yourself, nice to meet you. And likewise, sir. Likewise, man. I've been listening to you guys. You've been keeping me entertained. <laughs> <laughs> and now, finally, we have Paul on the line. I told you guys I had a surprise <laughs> guest for you guys, right? I, ne- I never spared it. <laughs> by, by the way, Wayne, I didn't tell them you were, it was you who was coming online. I just told them I have a <laughs> special surprise for everyone. Uh, <laughs> pumping fear yeah. in their hearts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we, we've had an interesting convo over the weekend, so uh, yeah, we have. Yeah, I think I, I'm just uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this podcast and I'm gonna exit. <laughs> no, no Mourinho debate today, okay? <laughs> so, I mean, I think you can already tell there might be a little bit of Mourinho debate today because we, you know, we have a special guest on the line today. I mean, on the podcast today. So, yeah. Um, but before we start, uh, I'd like to introduce this new episode yeah. uh, to our listeners. Welcome. And thank you for listening again. Um, it's your host as usual. I'm Tola. We have Elijah on the line today, and we have Paul as well on the podcast today. And we have a very, 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 very special guest. Uh, in a way, I'm trying to buy my way into the team next season. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything has a everything has a price. Everything has a yeah. price. <laughs> 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 trying to buy my way into next season and and the season after next. Um, you know. He's got it, man. He's got it. You, you, you can't be doing walking football. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta run. <laughs> the, the game's changed. Everyone gotta work hard for the team. Um, Elijah, am I gonna have to spend the rest of this show defending Tola? Uh, it, seems, it seems like you're onto him today. <laughs> Do you know what? Quick intro. We have the man, one of the managers at Frankfurt Football Club on the podcast today uh he goes by the name wayne please would you like to do a short introduction before i actually do a further introduction yeah uh, to our listeners yeah not a problem at all so um pretty short man my name is wayne phillips i've been in coaching the last two and a half slash three years um for our third team friends at a um i thoroughly enjoyed these last three years it's been demanding i've learned a lot you know, I like to think I've developed a lot of people in that time time frame, um, whether they be players or aspiring coaches. I've made a lot of new friends at the club. Um, the club have been very supportive. So a big shout out to the likes of Neil Akhtar over there and Erfan Shah amongst the rest of the actual senior coaching staff. Too many to mention. But um, yeah, a really good environment down there and I'm enjoying every minute of it thus far. Mm. And the, the thing is, you've not just only been a coach for the past two, three years, you've actually been involved in football nearly all your life anyway, uh, you know, from youth mm-hmm. times at Leighton Orient, Chilean, mm-hmm. 
I think you mentioned uh, actually playing for Tony Pulis as well. Well, he was a head coach when I, head coach when I was at Gillingham, so I didn't actually oh, play wow. for him. But he was a head coach um, for the first team at the time. Yeah. Um, but at, wow. at that time, I only made it up to reserve reserve level, so just missed out on mm. on a pro over there. But nonetheless, learned a lot at the time, you know. Yeah. So we we have someone on the podcast today who. Who's been involved in the business in the <laughs> in the football world? If you understand what I'm saying, yeah. some some pedigree. Yeah. You know, it's not every day you get to host a podcast and you have someone who's actually you know been involved in the football world. Yeah. And you also worked with um, I think the caretaker manager at one point at QPR, uh, Chris Ramsey. Obviously, before he became the yes. before he started working with QPR, you've worked with him and at uh, a very young age as well. That's correct, Chris Ramsey and Paul Brush. They're my coaches yeah. for a period of time at Leighton Orient also. Um, um, I'm just trying to think. I played under Troy Townsend, uh, who's done a lot of work for Kick It Out um, yeah. mm. when I was at Chesson. So he was my head coach there. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, along with along with Rodney, who was my coach. Rodney is um, Colleen Kazim Richards' father. Oh. Um, oh, so, okay. yeah, good peoples, man. Good peoples. Oh. See, when we say pedigree, we don't mean dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spitting out all these names; mean. they probably don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we mean we mean we mean proper pe- pedigrees. Um, so, boys, now that you know who our special guest is, uh, you have in the next five to ten minutes, you know, come up with questions uh, for Wayne. I think this is not going to happen all the time. Yeah. Uh, he really actually fashioned out time to, to be with us on this podcast today and we really, really appreciate it. It was more of a, an impromptu inspired by the performances over the weekend from the big teams. I'm like, you know what? For three weeks now, we've been talking about football. Mm-hmm. I think it's never too early just to bring someone in who's on the managing side at the same time as, as well, sorry, and who's also been on the playing side. Um so I think while the boys are thinking about the questions they want to ask, uh, I, I just, just you know, if you can, in two minutes, what's football like, you know, in England, being the fact that you've actually, you know, been involved in the youth setup? So what period of time are you, you, you're talking about from when I was playing to now, the transition, the changes? Uh, just, no, well, just your playing time, basically. Well, look, as a youngster, regardless of anything, regardless of the environment, you just love playing. Um, you know, so as a youngster, I couldn't get enough of football. I could play every day of the week, um, you know, if it presented itself. And, you know, I've mentioned a couple of names. And when I look back on things, I was truly blessed, even though I never made it to the level or for the period of time that I would have loved to. I was blessed to be in and around a lot of great coaches, a lot of really good coaches, good people. Um, so I'll forever be thankful for that. Um, and in my younger days, I think I've mentioned it to the likes of Paul before, you know, I was regularly playing against Frank Lampard, Rio Ferdinand, Kieran Dyer, because that was my age group, you know. Um, and to yeah. see them all flourish and make it to the levels that they've done, uh, again, you know, it's just amazing. And it's, it's, it's such a great feeling to know that at some point I share the same pitch as those guys. Because, um, yeah, they, they, they turn out to be world-class players, ultimately, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not to kind of delve away from your point, um, absolutely love football growing up. It was totally different insofar as the coaching that we received. Um, you know, things have come on a long, long way, even down to, you know, how young players are looked after and, you know, psychologically how they're supported and things of that nature. It was very, very harsh, very, you know, 
you have to learn, you have to jump into the deep end and learn from there as a, at a young age, you know? Whereas I think now there's a lot of support for young players and I think, you know, they, they, they should be grateful for that um, and realise how good they've got it. And that's at all levels. Mm. So it, it's more about just, you know, because uh, I think Paul sent into the group, uh, I think last week about a, a, an interview uh, Real Ferdinand did with uh, Ravel Morrison. And he, was, and he was saying something about how he took it for granted. Mm-hmm. But from the way you're talking, you you had that appreciation of being in a setup from, 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 from the jump. Uh, I think I was totally aware of, you know, the opportunity that I had um, at the time, totally aware of it. Um, I think as, as a youngster, you're going to have moments where you're really blasé. You know, that just comes with the territory, you know. They say mm. youth is wasted on the young, right? Um, never a mm. truer phrase. But um, I, was, I was really aware of the opportunity that I had fashioned out for myself and, you know, and, mm. and, and you know, the, the, the opportunity I was given and the chances to play, like I said, with players like that. You know, at the time, you don't know you're going to be playing with world-class players, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. I know I was truly, um, I was truly, tr- truly aware of you know the opportunity and the platform that I had at a young age. Mm. I, I think it just, it just again, the names you've mentioned, the likes of Lampard and Ferdinand, it, it just shows how difficult it is to actually make it as oh, a professional football man. You know, you shared, you shared the football pitch with those mm-hmm. names, just those mm-hmm. two names mm-hmm. alone. You know, it's they hold. Wait. They, they, listen, and even <coughs> just looking back and how they used to play, you know, I should have known then, yeah, these guys are going to make it, man, and they're going to be big. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, yeah. just just Rio, the way he used to play, he was really always graceful. You know, I remember if, depending on how the game was going, if his team were losing, he'll step into midfield from defence seamlessly. Mm. He was doing that from early. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, dict- and, and, mm-hmm. and dictating a play, you know? Frank Lampard always mm. had that work ethic, always had that engine, always had that willingness to learn. Um, and then again, mm. you can see what he turned out to be potentially one of the best midfielders at at one point in Europe. You know, mm. at least for at least for two oh. seasons. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, boys, do you have any question before I go into my next? Yeah, question? Yeah, I was going to or... kind of jump off the back of your question actually, Tola. Um, something mm. I've been asking a lot of people that are in and around the game. Um, and probably something I haven't really specifically asked Wayne before, but Wayne, kind of in your opinion, there's a lot of stuff in the media saying, you know, these young boys don't deserve this or they don't know how bad it was back in the day or how lucky they are. But in terms of the things that have gotten better, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people saying that, you know, they're not as, you know, robust mentally, for example, or not as humble. What things would you say in terms of looking after young players, whether that be male or female, has improved whether that be training facilities or coaches, but I kind of wanted to drill it down to be specific to your opinion. What do you feel that's improved that will allow this next generation of players to actually go on, hopefully to the heights that we feel our young British talent should go on to? I think what I've noticed, P, is um, a lot of emphasis put on um, psychological support. Mm, Um, Mm. That's been massive, especially in the last year and a half, right? Um, and, mm. and just people being more attentive. When I say people, club setups being more attentive to that. And, you know, I've noted a lot of clubs actually employing psychologists for their players, right. you know, and players mm. actually saying the, the benefits have been tenfold, you know. Um, so that's a massive thing mm. that I've mm. identified, P. Um, okay. And I guess to add to that, there's other little bolt-ons as well. So we know that, you know, you, you touched on facilities, you know, they've improved. Um, nutrition awareness of what to eat how to eat when to eat 
you know, has come on tenfold mm. over the last five to seven, maybe ten years. Um, um, and you know, we we know how much that aids peak performance. Um, so I say, yeah, facility, nutrition, the psychological side of things, and I suppose just cultural awareness. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see mm. coaches, managers, clubs tap into you know the local community and uh, tap into uh, various backgrounds of their players and you know their, their cultural needs and all these things play an important part in an individual's growth. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's 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 a very fully loaded answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm dealing with um, P in it. You, you gotta understand, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, when you got an assistant manager uh, uh, that's uh, on his game like that, I've got to be on my game all the time, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I was just about to do that mini introduction, saying for our listeners, um, Paul was actually the assistant manager to to Wayne at Brentford as well. Um, Elijah, any question? Um, or? I was going to ask a question. Um, do you think most of the players, like young players growing, uh, playing now, would they have survived your generation? Woo! <laughs> wow. And I have a very nice question. After wow, that. Elijah. <laughs> we, we've gone there now. Woo! We've turned the corner. What does Paul, what does yeah. Paul say if I speak? <laughs> <laughs> if I speak. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow what a Please, question just, just remember one of your players are actually on the, on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> alright no you know what real talk Elijah what I will say right um, yeah. what I will say is there's certain characters that you know no matter what age hmm. they would have played whether it be the 70s 80s 90s yeah. you just know they've, they've got the minerals alright yeah. so we look at we look at Raheem Sterling yeah. he's just a king yeah. Hello. Oh, I think we've lost Wayne briefly there. Huh? <laughs> I'm not sure if it was his signal. Maybe you just didn't like your question, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we, I think we've lost him for a quick second there. Uh, just give me a second. He'll probably joining back. Yeah. yeah. See, we're we're trying to embrace technology, but sometimes technology just fails us, you know, when we mostly need it. Um, so I mean, before he jumps, before William jumps jumps back in, um, the the question you asked Elijah, I think, is factored around most of the the main reason why you know we've 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 actually invited yeah. Wayne uh, on the podcast yeah. today, uh, and sorry, okay, can, I think sorry, Wayne's apologies, back. apologies, no, no problem. Apologies. Yeah. So, yeah, Elijah, I was saying, um, you know, there's certain players, they they just have the minerals, yeah? So, you know, the likes of Raheem Sterling, he's an absolute young king, you know, and he would have made it no matter yeah. what age it was, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, some some players just have it. I'm just trying to think of more that come to mind. I, I think I think the likes of Rashford as well. Yeah. Um, I had the yeah. pleasure, actually, m- myself and my wife were on holiday maybe two and a half years ago. And his family um, shared the same hotel. So his mother, you know, yeah. and his siblings. And, you know, we, we, we got along like a house on fire. Um, but you can just tell from his family fabric that, you know, yeah. he's been brought up Probably. by some real, real yeah. good people. And he's, yeah, you know, and he's, he's got some real solid, solid people. He's, 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 his mother's an absolute diamond. Um, and, you know, from the stories that he's told, that's 
been made public to all of ourselves. You know, she kind of worked two, three jobs to make sure that her family, you know, were good. Um, so just, just they're, they're just two players that I can think of off the top of my head that would have made it regardless. Now, do I think that there's a big proportion that wouldn't have? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I do. Mm. I do. Because, you know, mm. from what I know, a lot is handed and given and provided to these youngsters. Um, and again, yeah. look, only a, a small percentage are going to make it regardless. Doesn't yeah. matter how much they're given, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. But, um, you know, even in my time, it was real tough. And you had to be of a, a real Ferdinand level to make it, you know. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think that's that's... And we're seeing the full effect of what was put into play by the likes of Chelsea and Man City about six, seven, let's say in, a, in a, an average of 10 years ago where these young scholars, in order to tie them down, the down to, to yeah. the club, they, they, they give they them big contracts early. So they can't I mean, go to other teams. Yeah, and we're, we're seeing the full effect of it now. I mean, you have players who, you know, and I hate to single out players because we said we're not going to do that in this podcast, but, you know, the likes of, uh, let's say, Tammy Abraham, Kalamot, Odoi, yeah. Jaden Sancho, who eventually took the chance and, and gambled yeah. on himself. So you have the likes of Callum Hudson, who, to be honest, I don't even think he's made 100 appearances for Chelsea yet, but he's on like 100 mm. and something. And then you have Tammy Abraham, whose contracts come, uh, renew is coming up and is asking for about the same amount, which is fair. I mean, if you can pay someone who has hardly got games for Chelsea, why can't you pay him? But... It's, it, there's a there's a foundation there where it says you know what because we're trying to invest in your future and I and I can only liken this to the NBA because before LeBron got into the league he was paid like a hundred million you know by Nike <laughs> yeah. do you know what I'm saying and it's that approach that football was taken now and then you have people who you know due to being over pampered when they were younger as a footballer once they got that contract at age of 13, 14 and their parents house mm-hmm. paid for they become these players who think at the age of 20-something now they can put in an average mm. performance and then get, you know, blame mm. the manager immediately or, you know, for, for lack of, you know, the winning mentality mm. being instilled in the team. And I hear more pundits who played back in the day saying, oh, it's the manager's job to instill hunger in the player. I'm sorry, the hunger has to come yeah. first from the player. And I think that's where Elijah's question is so vital in terms of, like, how many people will make it back then compared to the to, to the guys playing now? And that leads to the question of why did you want to become a manager <laughs> when you knew there was a golf in the game? I think um, go on. I mean, I, I was privileged to, to manage for like three quarter of a season. And I was telling the boys yesterday in a group chat, I said, never again. <laughs> you you know what, Tully, you say that, but as 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 a coach, as a manager, and I think Paul may echo this, you know, there's a couple of players that we see and we know, yeah, they're going to be coaches and managers in the future, whether it's two years' time, whether it's 10 years' time. And um, you're in that bracket, my man, so never say never. The thing about wanting to be a manager is if you have passion for the game and you feel like passing down your knowledge to other people. Yeah. Yeah. If you've got love for the game, yeah. you, you just do it. And you know what, as well, Elijah, sometimes that I think what you said is totally true. 
but also once you get a group of players and you build a bond, yeah, um, and you build an understanding, you build you build a family, yeah. Um, that alone, it makes it hard for you to say, "No, I've had enough no, of this." Yeah, like that. That alone drives you. Honestly, yeah. you know, you 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 mm. you, the power mm. of you know the, the power of the unit, the power of, power of togetherness. It yeah. really drives me. It really drives Paul. I know, and you know, I feel we feel sometimes we feel like we're obligated to make sure we can give our all in terms of football and coaching to to our team because we see how much time and energy they give to us. Yeah. Um, so it's only right that, you know, we give it back four, five, six, seven times fold, you know? Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, there's, for our listeners, there's, there's this great thing, you know, Wayne uh, and Paul do at the football club, which made me, I'd say, a lot more interested. Like, this is after you're playing for you guys, mm-hmm. by the way, a whole season. It made me a lot more interested, I'd say, before, you know, the whole pandemic was, you know, I've, Elijah can testify to this. We're used to playing for teams who yeah. win trophies. Yeah. You just want to win. That's all we knew, you know. The other aspect of like, oh, he's young, he's got to play like this. Nah, you've got to put that in the bin. <laughs> we need to win. So, you know. And, I don't know how to play for a losing team, you know. <laughs> we, we never knew how to play for a losing team. And that's that's the truth. Like, you know, people will consider me a lazy kind of player, but when we needed to win, you know, the winning hunger was there. I might not be able to run as most people, but the hunger to win was actually there. And, you know, being able to tell your teammate off in in the most football-spirited way, which I think the young people don't understand that, but not to, you know, make the, the, the whole emphasis too long, is I had a conversation with Paul, and I'm like, you know, we were, we were losing games at the start of the season. And I'm like... Why is this person not playing? Why is that? Why do you guys care so much about this, that, and that? This person and that person. And he was like, "Listen, football is all about building a young person." Mm-hmm. And I never understood that. From the moment Paul told me that, and I saw how you know, it made more sense when I first joined the club, and when you were telling me mm-hmm. you're here to guide these young players. Da, da, da. And yes, over a year, I've seen some players become you know, mm-hmm. things I didn't think they could become in terms of their football confidence. And it's very evident. But for me, it's like, yeah, the patience. How do you do it? Like, it's... It's... it's yeah, I, I would You know quit. what? It's, it's funny because you say, how do you do it? But I, I don't think you understand, Tola, that as one of our senior players, anytime you pass on information mm. to one of our younger players, you don't know how positively that affects mm. them. And to you, it might be nothing. Mm. You're just telling them to do X, Y, Z or think this way, act this way. But to them, it's a big deal. Mm. You know, me and P, me and P speak sometimes mm. and, you know, we don't know everybody's home life and what they've gone through or what they're going through. Mm. You understand? So mm. um, when you say that, you know, how do you do it? The patience, you don't realise that you're doing it. Mm. It's just that to you, it's nothing. You understand? To you, you're just passing on a little bit of information. But every time you say something to of positive to one of our younger players, it means a lot to them. You know, mm. it means a lot to them. Um, and mm. I guess I say all of that to say is, whatever I do, do you know what I mean? I do it. it I do it, it. It's natural to me. Um, giving and helping, it's just natural to me. It's not an effort for me. So therefore, mm. it's not draining my energy. Mm. You understand? I want to mm. help. I want to build. You yeah. know. 
My grandma said you're either here to help or to hinder. Mm. That's heavy. And, and this would, I'm just going to ask your system coach this question. At a very young age, he's retired. Sometimes he busts up the boots. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's one thing cool. There's one thing cool. Oh, listen, listen. Yeah, every month it's like, I, I, I look at Paul, I'm like, bro, you got like a new boot. Like, you've retired. I, but, you know, and this is after Mitchell's run laps in training and my guy's sitting up on Saturday. Oh, you know, mainly not his fault because we're missing players, you know, sometimes. But, you know, I envy him. I'm just making you run all those laps and then come Saturday, it's like, oh, yeah, so, boy, this is where you're going to be. Oh, I might come off the bench. <laughs> you know. But <laughs> I, re- I remember one game when I gave Paul hard time. <laughs> I mean, Elijah, let's let's not stop. This is a family podcast. I was on him throughout the game. I mean, it, 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 to be honest with you, it, it's brilliant being involved in football, even at this level that we play and that you coach at the moment. It's it's a brilliant thing to, to, to be involved in football. And like I told Paul when he asked me, he said, what's the purpose of this podcast? I said, listen, it's to be able to not just look at football from a one-dimensional aspect, yeah. which is match of the day, which I, I, yesterday I lost my mind. I was like, why are you doing this? You know, I, I lost it because of, you know that just the agenda you tend to see uh, from the media, and that leads me to to to, to this weekend's um, performance in terms of across the the the, the, the across Europe. Like yeah. we had the Milan derby this weekend. Yeah. Um, uh, so <laughs> Milan, um, we had um, Liverpool. <laughs> you know. You know. Let's just touch on the Milan derby for like a quick five minutes. And obviously, most of our questions are going to be designed from, you know, and we expect answers from like a managerial point of view. Uh, yeah. Lukaku, amazing striker. I think everyone's known he's an amazing striker yeah. for a long time. Uh, and the derby, I said I wasn't going to watch it, but being a Milan fan, yeah. I just couldn't help it. I turned on the TV and I watched <laughs> us get smacked three new, and I couldn't even complain. You know, the games you watch and you go, mm, maybe you know, you moan a little bit. He was, he was, he was just phenomenal. Like he <laughs> was so unplayable that I just couldn't understand why my Man United just mm. didn't build a squad around the guy. So as a manager, what do you think a player like that? What what because he yeah. he forced the move. So from a manager's point of view and someone who's also played, like what, why why do you think some managers don't bother building the team? You know, as it pertains to Lukaku, um, and from my understanding of the young man, again we talk about young kings, yeah. This is a very, very bright individual. Um from what I understand, mm. he speaks multiple languages. Seven. Um, there, well, there you go. There yes. you go. There you Amazing. go. All right. So this ain't your average footballer. Okay. So this is more than mm. just ability we're talking about here. We're talking about, um, we're talking about someone's mm. intelligence as well. Not to mock anybody else's, but this is a very intelligent young man who's just about to reach his peak. What is he, 27 years old now? Maybe 28 now. I maybe think 28? Same, I think he's the same age yeah. as Bobo. Yeah. So right, right. Bobo is going 28. So maybe 27, 28. Right. 
And I say all of that to say mm. is us, the team should have been built around him. Yeah, he's about to see his best years. The next couple of years, he's about mm. to see his best years. Um, and they even say Man City might... There him. you go. There you go. Oh, Pep Guardiola yeah. ain't no yeah. fool. <laughs> you know? Um, so, and I heard that as well, Elijah. I heard that as, as early as, you know, late last week that they're, they're very much interested. Um, whether that comes to fruition is another thing. However, you know, we know, you look at Pep Guardiola's mm. team and it's a team of thinkers. Yeah. A team of thinkers, mm. and it just links into what I'm saying about Lukaku being a very intelligent young man, um, and that could well be a great fit if he does mm. move to Man City, being around a team of thinkers and a manager that well we know his brains on some next level. Yeah, you know, but yeah, um, it's mm. it's it's a team that he's left. It's their loss. Um, it's obviously Internazionale's game. Um, he's absolutely killing it. I'm loving seeing every minute of his progression. Mm. Um, and yeah, uh, I re- he you know he deserves a lot more accolades. And again, yeah. you know, there's but certain I think, forces... I think people people are not giving him that because they think, oh, Italian league is Italian yeah. league. He could do it there. They're slower and all of that yeah. stuff. But Th- those more, are the excuses more, people yeah, are going to come tactical, with. It's more tactical than to Premier League. So. And again, this is all links back to intelligence. Yeah. And also, we know this media mm. here. This may be controversial, yeah, but very. you know. If, if 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 you're an mm. intelligent man from that cloth, mm. are you going to get your mm. props? Mm. And I think, mm. just to jump in there quickly as well, <clears throat> Wayne, obviously you may look like you're our age mates, but obviously you, you are just a touch. touch Stop lying to everyone, man. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm going to do with him on a daily basis. He's mentioning playing with Ferdinand and you're trying to lie to people. <laughs> But, you know, as the actors say these days, respectfully, obviously, you know, you are a touch older than us. You know, something myself and Tola talk about regularly on a one-to-one level. It's, you know, how currently when we listen to pundits, for example, if there's players playing in Germany or Spain, etc., and they are linked with England or have previously played in England, it's very much those leagues mm-hmm. are looked down upon. Whereas, obviously, you saw football mm-hmm. from a generation mm-hmm. above us um, did you feel like is this something that's always been there that kind of from an English punditry point of view kind of downgraded other leagues or is that something that's changed since kind of I don't know yeah. growing up when Gerard Henri and those players that's when the Premier League became yeah, very yeah. prominent well you hit the nail on the head there's, there's definitely been a shift because I understand I grew up in an era where look AC Milan they're my favourite overseas team <clears throat> um, and I fell in love with AC Milan off the back of Rud Hullet Marco Van Basten and okay. Frank Rijkaard Okay, at that time, AC Milan were the best team in Europe. Serie A was the best league in Europe. Okay, so there's there's been a massive shift, Mm. and obviously the pound sterling has caused that shift. You know, yeah. Um, And you know, uh, the Premier League started attracting all the players that it had done. You know, that is um, so true. Because I was watching documentary about Dennis Bergkamp. Oh, he said. When he wanted to join Arsenal, he didn't know most of the players. See that? See that? He only knew he okay. only knew Ian Wright because of what he was doing as a black player. Mm-hmm. That was the reason why mm-hmm. he knew Ian Wright. Exactly. That he didn't know most of the players playing for Arsenal. And you got to remember those times, Elijah. There's only a few. You know, anybody can correct me if I'm wrong, but there was only a few English players yeah. that were really popping abroad. Yeah. You feel me? I think yeah. Ian Rush. Yeah. Ian Rush struggled yeah. in Italy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
struggled, okay. and we know his pedigree. Yeah. You know, Gary Lineker yeah. had a fairly successful career at Barcelona. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Mm. You Paul, had you, Paul, Paul Ince Ince. went to Inter. Paul Ince, yeah, that's a bit later on yeah. in terms of my age. That's a bit, yeah. but he had a good, he had a good little run. David Platt had a good little run at Sampdoria. Yeah. Um, okay. And then you had going back, you had players mm. like Mark Haitley <clears throat> that went abroad and they done okay, but yeah. it was so hard to make mm. it or to, to to make an impression in leagues like the Italian League or the Spanish yeah. League back in those days. Because, you know, for me, you had some truly, truly world-class players yeah. then. Yeah. Hmm. And I think even English players, they still struggle they when they go to this European League. Tactically, I don't even think they're that sound. Hmm. That's why most, I think most of them are not travelling abroad because they, they don't want to be settled. I think they they then face the reality of oh my mm. world my my tactical non nuances just uh, nuances just not mm. on the level of this Italian kids. I mean, I'll I'll point to one player in particular, you know, at Brentford, who we, we you coach mm -hmm. um, Antonio. You know, course, well, yeah. you do know he's Italian anyway. So I was just talking to him about like how's football in Italy, and he mm. was like, it's a lot more tactical. Like here we do too much running, and then you start to, you know, and sometimes when we do, when I do watching, I'm, I'm like, yeah, you're <laughs> definitely foreign, <laughs> like not in, not in a, in a Brexit way, but you're, you're not from the shores. Like, take for example myself and Elijah, who when we came to this country, I think yeah. Elijah came here a lot younger than I did. I, I, I was telling Elijah, <laughs> said I, I struggled to play football in this country. I, I, I came as a, as a ten <laughs> or a ten minute, right? And first training session, you know, I'm so excited to go play football. Number one, yes, I'm black and I've got pace. I know yeah. that. I'm like five foot nothing. You know, no center of gravity. Get to training. The manager asked me, oh, where do you play? Send him in, attacking or attacking yeah, me. Small. He looks at me and goes, <laughs> no, you don't. I'm too tiny yeah. to play send him in. And he shoved me on the wing. So I spent five yeah. years in the wilderness on the wings. Trying, trying my best. That happened, just try to, that enjoy happened to me as well. Point. They put you know, me at the back because I was tall. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got <laughs> fat because I lost interest in football. <laughs> Still am. But, you know, it's just, you know, even I'm, what I'm trying to say is even when we were playing like three on three back in Nigeria, yeah. we played calculated football. Right. You just didn't go running gung-ho. And that, that's, what, that's what I question about, you know, I know we want to do the rounds around Europe. You know, we said this is not going to be a Mourinho <laughs> debate today. I might think, I think one of Mourinho's struggle in this country, and I said it when he was at Man United, Elijah can testify, that the players at United were not tactically sound enough to understand yeah. what Mourinho was trying to do. We saw what Spurs did in the first six mm -hmm. games of the season, six, seven games, right? Annihilating teams. People complained he was parking a bus. He wasn't parking a bus. It's a tactical way of playing. Guardiola against Tottenham mm. showed people the other side of his tactics by saying Tottenham can have the ball. So why is it so hard for players in the Premier League to, to be up to standard to... I don't want it to sound like I'm defending Mourinho, but I'm asking you from a manager's point of view. This, this game this weekend, I don't know if you, if you watched the West Ham-Tottenham game. 
you know, there's there's a lot of Jose out, Jose out, Jose out. But when you look at the game overall, Tottenham could have won that game three, four, two. So why 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 are the English fans and media so quick to say a manager needs to be sacked? A top manager for that matter. And the likes of Samala <laughs> and it needs to be given time. That agenda, exactly. I think I think I'll answer I think I'll go backwards. I think I'll answer in, insofar as it pertains to the media and Jose Mourinho. Um, look, we know he's a big character. You know, we know he is an elite coach slash manager. His record is potentially second to only, I don't know, maybe Pep Guardiola, as it yeah. stands right now. Yeah. Um, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't chat mm-hmm. to the guy, really. Like, really. But the press know that if you press his buttons, he will react, you know, and he's just good headlines for them. Mm. He really is, you know, and, you know, Mourinho sells newspapers. He's a character that we need in this country, in this league. They know it. And, you know, they know that, you know, mm. if they press his buttons, yeah, Mourinho will react. Um, but insofar as just him and his philosophy and his game plan that he sets out, I couldn't answer. I'm not in the dressing room. I'm not in and around the ground. But what I would say is if mm. I was playing for him, mm-hmm. knowing his record, I would trust him wholeheartedly. All right. Now, I think sometimes we get players that overthink, maybe think they know better. Um, and attached to that, there's mm. a bit of fear in them. You know, that's, he, he might I think, like... I think sorry. that is this generation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They think they're better than... They yeah. think they know better than the manager. And, and and it happens a lot. It doesn't matter what level you're at. Um, and I think w- w- as it pertains to Mourinho, like I said, I'd trust him wholeheartedly if I was playing for him mm. because of his record alone. Um, but again, like I said, there's also an element of mm. fear, I believe. Um, I think he sets out whatever he sets out. And if all 11 players on that pitch are not buying mm. into it, well, then there's going to be a malfunction mm. along the way, you know? It's going to be a malfunction. Mm. It takes for everyone in that mm. 11 to buy into the philosophy, to the tactics, etc., etc. So I just feel maybe Tottenham need to throw away that mm. element of fear. Um, and if they can do that, or if the players that are a bit fearful or mindful of these tactics, if they can do that, I think they'll see their um, results change. But mm. people calling for him to be removed, to be mm. sat, they don't know nothing about football. So I'm glad you mentioned the element of fear because in his interview, he said uh, yesterday, he said, there's some things I cannot coach. There you go, man. And there no you go. Man coach in a player. You know, what uh, from a manager's point, I know, you know, maybe as a manager, there's mm-hmm. times you've probably spoken to your assistant manager and gone, mm-hmm. oh, I can't coach this. This you just have to have. What do you think he's referring to? Because, you know, Alan Shearer went, oh, is he talking about desire or the hunger to play? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. clear that the Tottenham players don't have hunger to win. Mm-hmm. They don't have what it takes to win the league. And I'm talking about this current squad, which, you know, I would love to play that Pochettino clip again where he says, <laughs> where we're talking to Gary Lineker. Uh, you need the right manager. Tola, I'm convinced you are Jose yeah. Marino's shadow <laughs> minister. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced. No, you know, you know, you know, Who's the reason it, why boy? it looks like, you know, when I'm talking about football, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, do you know, I'll be quick with it because the reason why I always pick Jose is because it's easy to go to the likes of Klopp and Pep who in their recent careers, apart, well, I'd say recent career, 
uh, for Klopp, but throughout mm. Pep's career, he's had the money to spend. Mm. And Klopp recently has had the money to spend. Mourinho, and I said, this is actually killing his reputation. Just as I feel like what's happening to Benitez is going to end up happening to mm. Jose if you keep on taking on projects. Yeah, and I think... I th- I... You know... Sorry, I interrupted after. Go on. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, he knows the caliber of coach he is. He will make a great player mm. even greater. That's the kind of coach you are. Your your style is well suited to ready-made players. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's, if he, mm-hmm. You know, not, not everyone's an academy coach. Even Pep, when he develops players, these guys are ready-made. Yeah. He just adds that little <clears> bit <throat> that gives them extra with a, you know, with the exception of Eto. <laughs> you can't tell me how to play. Ball. So, my, my, my thing is, the reason why I picked Jose is people need to understand that when, you know, a manager like that is saying something about a group mm. of players, it's because he's almost seen it all. He didn't start managing multi-billion mm-hmm. pound teams. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a man who started second division in Portugal. You know, so from a manager's point of view, that term when he said, there's some things I can't coach. Well, I want to say is, I know P referring? wanted to say something, so don't forget what he was going to say. Yeah, yeah, don't no, forget. I just want to make sure you don't. And it may be that you want to piggy bank of what I'm going to say. But look, I did. I touched on fear, you know. Um, and right now, that's the only thing I can think of. I think there was an issue with. Was there an issue with Bale this time last week, where 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 Bale? Okay. You know, yeah. I, I think he alluded to the fact that he may have been or had a slight knock. Is that correct? Or yeah. <clears throat> but then, yeah. Jose yeah. Mourinho, yeah. I think from what he said. Seem to seem to be the opposite of what Bell said. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> now, mm. what was behind Bell releasing that statement or whatever he said, I don't know. But again, I'm going to go back to this fear element and and mm. a lack of trust. You need trust, okay? You need to trust in your coach, okay? Mm. You need to you need to play without fear. All right. Now, when Marino Marino will be there, he he will back his team to the tilt. We've seen him do it. Yeah, he will take the heat. Yeah. All right, but he needs to know that you will run through brick walls for him. Yeah, he needs to know that, <clears throat> and he will give everything for you. Mm. And I do feel there's just an element of fear. There's players playing with an element of fear and trepidation in that Tottenham side, and it's breaking down the whole unit. Mm. Yeah, cool. you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna drop my Mourinho agenda as much as I do like winding up Toller. What a serious podcast! So, so I'll drop my agenda just briefly because I am team agendas over facts. Um, I think you said something very interesting when you said about Benitez. I was actually going to reference Arsene Wenger, but Benitez works even better actually. So I feel there's a there's a lot of things happening with Jose at once, and it goes back to one of my sayings. I really like two things can be true at once. So to an extent, Jose is outdated. His tactics do need a bit of a refresh. But at the same time, for me, I think his biggest issue is twofold. is the weight of expectation based on how successful he's been. So everyone expects him to do it very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think also, you know, mm-hmm. when we look at Porto, but more specifically, Chelsea and Inter Milan, sleeping giants, where the chairman, the players, all bought into exactly what he was saying, they gave him the pieces he wanted, whether it be players, whether it be the autonomy to, I mean this in the most PC way, but yeah, rip yeah. apart the dressing room because he does kind of yeah. like to pick fights to see who's with him, who's not. And at Chelsea and at Inter Milan, he was kind of allowed to do that by his own mm-hmm. means. 
when he came to Chelsea the second time mm. and he started to pick fights, etc., mm. or he asked okay, for certain players, you know, Abramovich mm. told him no. You know, Man United is a great example of, you know, he what he done with Pogba, he'd done to Joe Cole, he'd done to several yeah. players before, uh, and it worked in the end. Joe Cole mm-hmm. raves about him now, but he tried it a bit with Pogba and the media and whoever was behind the scenes at United constantly things were being leaked mm-hmm. all the time were being leaked were being leaked things that were coming out and I always go mm-hmm. back to say you know as a manager you're only as good as the team above you so if your director of football if your chairman if your media team aren't all pulling towards you when you lose games which you always will mm-hmm. as a manager all of a sudden mm-hmm. the heat will come your way so I think Mourinho's big issues now is players aren't getting on board with what he said you know we saw it at Chelsea the Hazards etc players that have won before aren't getting aboard. And now, mm. I think Jose's having to rethink how he engages with the media and how he engages with his chairman. And for me, the most interesting thing that I took from the Amazon documentary was how he works with Daniel Levy. That was a very interesting mm, yeah. dynamic. And I don't think they've quite mm. got that right. For me, I didn't think it made sense for him to go to to uh, Spurs, kind of talk about what you said, mm-hmm. uh, Tola, about Benitez taking mm-hmm. on the wrong projects. Daniel Levy is someone that doesn't really... Mm blow the mm, bank in any yeah. sense of the word. He doesn't move players on. You can't come into Spurs and move a player on. Daniel Levy yeah. would not do that. So Jose, someone that likes to rebuild projects in his name, he was always going to struggle under Levy. Mm. Um, and I think behind the scenes, <clears throat> uh, Pochettino spoke about this. He Even Poch, who's very much the opposite to Mourinho, said, I want to rip, a, rip apart this dressing room. And Levy didn't allow him. So mm. I don't know why Jose took this job, but I think this is very much a tough job for him. And, you know, this is the only time I'll say it, so you can save this tweet, as the youngsters <laughs> like to say. For me, for me, a big part of the... I'll keep, I'll keep replaying this. Why he's struggling at Spurs is not down to him. It's, it's that relationship between him yeah. and Daniel Levy. Mm. But if... Is it right to say if you're bringing a, a manager of his calibre in, like you're trying to bring a pep in or someone, you know this person is coming with a pedigree and they love to win. But no sorry, sorry to just, inter- is it not just interject quickly the- before I forget. Yeah. You've got to remember when Pep came to City, they took in Cheeky Begistan. They put a lot of pieces in place a before year, two years before he even got there. So yes, he's been very successful. Mm. He's had the black Unlimited chip. Unlimited Go back to my point about... <laughs> <laughs> but also the chairman really believed yeah. in his project and he put a lot of things like, behind yeah. the scenes yeah. for him to succeed. Sorry to jump in again, Tola. So you're saying, so what I can pick now, and I don't, don't want to, you know, delete anything you said previously is, apart from the tactical aspect, you feel like Mourinho is being yeah, played. Yeah, from yeah. the chairman. I mean, we can all see it. Like, if what... If Poch can, if Poch can, if Poch, who's been a great manager for five years for Spurs, can say the time for most of these players are done, we need to change things up. Like Wayne, if if you were in that position, you know someone's just got fired after saying a statement like this team needs a rebuild, and you've gone in there saying no, but this person, this person, bear in mind you've never coached them before, right? But you've seen them play, and you go, that's a decent player. But they might have some other attitude you never knew about in terms of their confidence might be low. They might not even have the hunger, fighting spirit. And you get in that situation. I, I think, mean, what um, would be your look, next step? I, I personally feel Mourinho is, <clears throat> you know, he's, he's pulling on all of his resources the best that he can. Um, we know he's a great man-to-man manager. Mm. He gets in under your skin. He gets into your heart. Didier Drogba said this before, you know. 
these guys mm. all played under him um and they all say the same thing you know they 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 want to run through walls for this guy mm. um and i just feel i look at some of the players at, at the club and i don't know if they share that same feeling mm. and that's where i go back to the buy in um but mm. just to refer to your your question and mm. refer to that you know that 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 Pochettino quote whereby he talks about change of furniture um yeah. look you don't get rid of all antiques mm-hmm. you know because they they're worth a fair few you know mm-hmm. but you constantly got to be looking for new additions constantly yeah. um liverpool pay the pay the price for not doing it quick enough yeah. Yeah. and then buying furniture mm-hmm. do they fit anfield mm-hmm. furniture that they just bought definitely not no no mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely mm-hmm. not you know mm-hmm. so um, i think it was a, it was a perfect kind of, mm-hmm. um thing that Pochettino said it was perfect the way he kind of phrased it and worded it um, and I think Paul's right in everything that he said insofar as the you know the various things that are working against Mourinho but given the right resources given the right support given the buy-in he's he's rivaling the likes of mm. Klopp and the likes of Pep Guardiola but buy-in is so essential mm. So last thing, Mourinho, before before we move on to your club, Liverpool, um, you know, it's just a statement of like when he was at United, he asked for Maguire, mm. didn't get it. Following season, they they buy Maguire and all of a sudden, mm. they're, they're a bit they're better defensively. They're not that great. Yeah. They're not great. So you can't, they're not great, but they're, they're a bit better defensively. And what people tend to forget right now is Spurs actually mm. have one of the best defences mm. in the league, mm. regardless of the mistakes they're making. Spurs, yeah. Yeah, I've, they're I've just conceding the stupid goals, individual errors, you know. And and I think that's yeah. what he meant. There's some things I cannot coach. If you're a bad player, <laughs> you're just a bad player. But anyway, we move on. Um, ridiculous statement this weekend by by you know people across football. Yeah. And I, I, when I say people, I mean fans in general. Your your football <laughs> club, everyone's saying. Oh. <laughs> not everyone I'm Crazy. sorry not everyone um, a lot of people and this is not even a statement that should be out there it's not this is one that's, you know hashtag that should not be out um, you know what out. I'm going to let you guys weigh in on that first because what I want to do is compose myself emotionally because it's my team you know <laughs> so <laughs> I, I want to make sure whatever I say is um, you know, measured I have say they're suffering because they didn't freshen up the team mm-hmm. like um he only got three senior centre-backs. And in any football <coughs> club, you cannot have just three senior centre-backs. Because if one gets injured, the other one is out of form, what happens? Mm. But unlucky for Liverpool right now, all three of them are injured. Crazy, right? So that's the reason why they're suffering. And then Elijah, they mm. bought the wrong furniture. Well, they just they just bought just to have players there to say, yeah, we have someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So look at last season, Man City suffered because they didn't have anyone. Yep. And now this season, what did they do? They bought two or three. Mm-hmm. So now they're protected. Mm. For big money as well. For so big money. People needed to do that. For big money. Because you let Lovren mm. go and you didn't replace him. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And even even yeah. even the yeah. third even the third centre back, <coughs> he's always been injured. Matip, yeah, 
since there's been a Liverpool, he's always, always injured. injured. Always Massive. injured. You're right. So I don't know why they made that mistake. I'll blame. I'll blame the the owner of the club because he didn't invest. Mm. They they got too comfortable. Mm. That's what's happened to Liverpool right now. Oh. Being too comfortable. So yeah. So. Sorry, no, Wayne, before I, you, before I you go in, I, I want to like quickly, said, I, I quickly to sure jump in, in, in there. Because he said something, I think, was it last week or two weeks ago that made so much sense in terms I, of... I, of, I think there's a few things. So Elijah touched on it with, with personnel. You know, we, we've seen it constantly in the Premier League. You know, Ferguson used to do it so well every couple of years, rip up teams, put them back together. And now, almost every season, you need mm-hmm. to be adding a new piece to really change the dynamic. But my main kind of the way I look at Klopp, maybe from a coaching point of view, is, you know, he did it in his first year where he did the Gagin press, then he adapted it a bit more. And I feel this season, I think he just needs to have a little reshuffle of how he's utilising his team. And, you know, we it's the massive argument right now. What's Thiago's best position? Is he a six? Is he an eight? Is he a cam? Et cetera, et cetera. For me, it's about utilising the team to work to its best effects. And I feel... You know, Thiago is someone that likes to get on the ball and be kind of the main creator, whereas Klopp's system traditionally use the gate and press or intensity as your creative hub. So I think kind of from a player profile, mm. who signed Thiago? Was it Klopp? Was it FSG? I mm. don't know. I'm not in Anfield, but Klopp's manager, Thiago, is part of the team. And I feel like now, and you'll see it with Jota, when you start to change the system a little bit, you know, Jota was in there. He went 4-2-3-1. Mm. It's very unfortunate Jota's Jot been injured, but I definitely feel like with Klopp, with the players Klopp has available, in my opinion, this is my humble opinion, mm. I'm not at the level Klopp is, I still think they could be competing mm. yeah. at a better level if Klopp tweaked his system a bit more. So, E.g., that defensive line is still very high. A big reason why it could be so high before, you've got BVD, you've got Gomez, you've got Fabinho, you've got Henderson. These are people mm-hmm. that cover space yeah. rapidly. Unfortunately, Thiago is yeah. not good at covering space. It's just not mm-hmm. his key characteristic. Curtis Jones, love him, but he's not great going yeah. the other way. So, you know, I feel like they need to change their system a little bit more, be a bit more robust. Again, let's look at what City are doing in terms of dominating the ball, minimising counter-attacks. I feel like Klopp has left um, Liverpool a bit too open and a bit too easy to counter-attack on. You know, we saw it with Aston Villa, you know, 7-0. The main reason was team's clot. If yeah. you break that yeah. press yeah. with one or two passes, obviously, mm. you know, 7-0 was an anomaly. You're not going to do that to Liverpool, but the writing was on the wall and, you know, some of their big defenders mm-hmm. played that day. You know, and it's happened again with mm-hmm. Everton. It's mm-hmm. happened again with other teams. And this, for me, wasn't just about the centre-backs. The centre-backs just right. exacerbated the fact that he needed to rejig his system. And unfortunately, he didn't do it mm-hmm. quite quickly enough. Good point. Mm-hmm. Good point. That's that's very insightful. <laughs> that's very insightful. Um, uh, shows uh, you're a great assistant I'll coach. Try. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to yeah, wait no, for the coach to, you no, know, I think I really am. dive I think in. I am. Are, are you fully composed Look, yet? Again, what, what Elijah said, what mm. Paul has said, you know, all very, very um, valid points. Um, I, I look at the team <clears throat> and again, you know, I, I, I go by feeling and I go top down um, and I feel, and I think I said this to you, Tola, something hasn't been just right with Klopp of late. All right. Mm. Just his persona, um, the way he's been mm. uh, interacting with the press, um, even just the way 
he's been on a touchline. Mm. Something has been a little off. And he's someone that exudes such great energy, you know, that 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 passes on to his players, on onto his team. And I think that lack that lack of that little thing that's missing is, is, is very notable these days. Look, we know that he recently lost his mother in the last two weeks and wasn't able to travel to Germany, you know, and that would have been very upsetting. Um, but yeah. I look at things like that, all right, because yeah. we're all human at the end of the day, yeah. regardless of anything else. Um, mm. But for a long, long time, he has been really agitated with the press yes. um, and the press don't forget anything. So anytime there's a reason to jump on you, they will go back into that. They will go back into that memory bank, um, and that will be their reasoning for being in being on your case. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I look at Klopp, and something's just not just not right at the moment. But I hope he gets his spark back really soon. Um, Tiago, I think what Paul said was a great point, but I'm just going to go past that just a little bit and maybe return to it. Um, our midfield, as when I say our Liverpool's midfield, has been you know really depleted. Whereby the likes of Henderson and Fabinho have had to play at centre back, and these guys, um, you know, that over the past year and a half, have gelled so well and have been such an important cog yeah. in that system and the way we play. You know, we speak about the press. You know, when you have someone like Fabinho mm. holding or alternating with Henderson holding, it allows you to play that mm. way. You know, where they've had to alternate. And I think a couple of points they've had to mm. play together as centre-back. Who else does what they do in midfield, mm-hmm. you know, to that level? So it's been a cocktail of things mentioned by Elijah, mentioned mm. by Paul and touched on by myself. And I'm sure be touched on by Tolo. It's been a cocktail of things. Um, and they've all kind of happened in and around the same time, whereby it's been the maddest of seasons, regardless I mean, I think all great points. And to be honest with you, I almost have nothing to add because I think we we all agree that, you know, there's the personal mm-hmm. aspect of it and there's the on-field, which is the tactical aspect of it. Now, it's not the usual case of, like, the players are down to, to do down to lane or they're not running for the manager. They are. I, I'm just going to go with a simple thing of, Paul's mentioned this, I think, maybe on our one-on-one conversation, mm. which is, Klopp is quite rigid this season. With the injuries he's had, you guys have mentioned it in terms of the high line or high press. I feel like the past three weeks have been calling for 4-2-3-1 or 4-5-1. Not that 4-3-3. Because when you look at when you look at it from the you know, just the basic, mm-hmm. basic is you don't have good centre backs. And you still have Mo Salah, who's not tracking back, even though Trent is not on form. And that young boy, as much as we might criticise, I mean, we've been saying it for seasons now that he's not as great defensively as everyone thinks. He's a good right-back going forward, but defensively, he's a bit lost. And this season, he's just been exposed because a senior player like Salah, and this is why I think this goes back to uh, Jamie Carragher's... um, Point a few, I think a couple of seasons, the season they won in Champions League, or even the season after that, saying when Liverpool fans are looking for someone they can sell and not worry mm. about one of the stars, they would go for Salah any day before they go for Mane. Mane, obviously, we know puts in a shift, and this is not to like 
point out any player who's not playing great. I feel like a lot has been pin, pinned on Thiago because he's come to the club at a bad time. Now, we know he's not a defensive cover. He likes to move the ball. If you have a center midfielder who likes to move the ball, it is Gigi's responsibility or Curtis Jones or the manager's responsibility to tell one of those mm. two midfielders, you've got to be five yards away from this guy. Because mm. by the time he's going to... Because we all know Thiago passes the ball forward and into space. So your five yards has to be in between the lines where when he picks you, you turn and you go. Mm. That's the, that's the I feel like that's how you play with someone like Thiago. Because he has amazing pictures in his head. And you see it from when he plays. Like sometimes, people, you know, yeah. we Nigerians <laughs> call it this type of football idea, which is like he's got, he's got so many, he's got so, so many us, ideas. Tell us, tell us, sorry to jump in. I'm posing this to with yourself, Paul and Elijah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. To, this is just to link yeah. in with what you said. Do you think Thiago, based on what you just said, do you think he's come where he's, his ideologies mm. and his ideas are far more advanced than what this league is used to or ready for and he's come at the wrong and he's come at the wrong time well oh, please don't to me I'll say please don't I can't really first. place a judgment <laughs> at him right now because um, Liverpool's squad is not complete mm. until the first game they played against Chelsea when he came on he played 45 minutes or whatever minute it looked fantastic because everyone everyone was fit and playing mm. so I want to see him play with Van Dijk, mm. Gomez at the back, mm. um, Anderson in midfield with him, yes. or Fabinho in midfield with him. I want to see that before I can say, okay, if this guy is good enough for this league or not. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's what I always say to people. I know it's good mm. to banter and make oh. jokes, but I'll use my football brain and say, yeah. I can't really place a judgment on him until when he plays with all the good players. I hear that. Hmm. Mm. Great point. Great yeah, I point. think oh. kind of without repeating Elijah's point because that was a really, really good point. I really liked it. I kind of look back to when we were discussing about number 10s, etc. Again, Thiago for me is a player in the ilk mm. of a Perlo, yeah. that kind of deep line, creative player. And again, back to Klopp being quite rigid tactically, Thiago is someone you build a midfield yeah. around, in my opinion. Um, and I think traditionally Klopp has been someone that has players that fit into his idea of a midfield. So I don't necessarily think mm. Thiago is advanced for this league um, overall. You know, mm. though obviously British football, we mm-hmm. don't like players that specific. I do think he's, for me, I was shocked when he went to Liverpool. And not to say that I could see this happening. I was really curious as to how he would fit into a yeah. Liverpool midfield I thought he would go to a team maybe like Chelsea mm. or I even think he would have been better off going to Manchester United but like Elijah said when mm. everyone's fit and firing maybe Jurgen Klopp has an idea mm. of how he's going to revamp his midfield <clears throat> what, what I'm going to add to that is I, I'm going to disagree okay. with, with Paul and I, I want to believe that Thiago's way of mm. thinking in terms of football, I mean, we've, this yeah. is a guy we've watched for many years, right? He's way advanced for the Premier League. And I say that because in the Premier League, as a midfielder, when we look at midfielders, what, what are the things we, we, we meant? When you ask people, oh, best midfielders in the league, mm-hmm. they mention people like Scholes because it's passing range. All right. He's Spanish. It's not passing yeah. range. It's how quickly you move the ball. It's how, direct, how forward, you, how many times can you play forward? How many times can you receive the ball in a little space? How many times can you play the ball between the lines? 
to another midfielder. We always say that the hardest thing to, to do is pass the ball five yards. Anybody, you can get a guy who's like eating kebab for breakfast, you know, 400 pounds. He will play a diagonal in England anytime, any day. Now, I feel like Liverpool, Liverpool are suffering from the fact that, and I, Elijah, please back me up here if you remember me saying this, maybe a season or two seasons ago. Yeah. I said you, Liverpool's way of playing is very basic. Yeah. Hence why people like Henderson were successful in that midfield. The style, clock came in, tried a lot of things in the first year, year and a half, two, figured, nah, I'm just going to go 4-3-3. I've got Mane, I've got Salah. I don't need a striker. I'm going to sell storage. Let these two guys on the wing terrorize this guys, and I'm just going to play a number 10 right in that in that, in that striker um, position. Hence why when Firmino drops into the middle, yeah, you've got people like Henderson, they just cover. Yeah. Henderson spent most of last season covering. Okay. Covering Trent. And that's why I, I believe the formation was just so basic that now it's because he's worked. And this goes back to Paul's point in terms of Klopp being rigid. He doesn't feel like he needs to change it. But a little tweak in just maybe formation mm. would, I think, would would just bring out a different side of Liverpool this season. Is it too late? Maybe. Because I feel like he considered... The you made, a good, way you made a good point there with Henderson. I, I noticed many times when the fullbacks were pushing on, he would make a free in the defence with Van Dijk mm. and Gomez, you know, um, and play from there. So, yeah, that's, that's a really... Really mm. great point that you just made. Mm. I mean, like you know, this is why when people ask me, "Oh, you know, why do you watch the Italian league, or why do you support Milan, or why do you, why did you never ever support like any English team?" I'm like, because the football is different. You have to understand that, and you need to watch. You you must have watched so many leagues for you to to be able to understand what you know. Maybe people from the older generation or my generation yeah. saying like, "Yo, people, people find it, people find it boring, because they used to, they used to energy running yeah. quick, yeah, because they're quick, they're quick, yeah. they want to move the ball forward." Yeah. Now, when when I used to watch Italian football, Elijah, back in the day, yeah. um, I would sit there, and you know, it would be slow for some, and yeah. I'd even have a couple of my mates saying, "No, man, I can't watch that," but. Yeah. I was looking mm. at just the movement, the, the, the tactical moves, yeah. you know, just the intelligence of every single player mm. in every single position. Mm. There was thought behind every movement, you know. Um, these were the mm. things that I were looking at and everything was done su to such a high standard. Um, mm. And yeah, man, mm. I mean, at that time, late 80s, early I mean, 90s, I mean, it was amazing. In England, when Wenger came, he changed a little bit. A hundred percent. But now he's going back to, mm. to the old type of football again. <laughs> Where mm. everyone is pressing, everyone wants to quickly like get the ball and move it forward. Like mm. if you pass backwards or to the side, you get people like screaming. You get the fans screaming. <laughs> at you. It's so mm. true. It's so true. You know what? Yeah. You know what, Elijah? I, 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 I mean, would actually go against that point. Just just a touch to say, actually, I I, I really like for mm -hmm. the first time in a long time. Yeah. I quite like the yeah. coaching in England. You know, when we look at yeah. Brendan Rodgers, what he's done with Leicester, again, part of the reason why they beat Liverpool, play some mm. great football. If we look at what, you know, you can call them Brexit, <laughs> whatever you want to call them. But for me, Sheffield United played some really, yeah, especially last, last year, year, some yeah. great football. A back, a back three, overlapping centre-back. Mm. So my point, what, where I would say I disagree to a touch is 
I think the managers and coaches are trying to be more expansive with football. However, I think as someone that goes to watch League One, League Two, Championship games, I don't think the fans are quite appreciative on it. So when I say don't listen to pundits, I mean more so is that all of these things are happening on the football pitch, but then certain pundits or the majority of pundits won't highlight it. They won't be like, oh, Leicester, Brendan Rodgers has switched up his formation or Nuno at Wolves has switched up. They'll just go, well, Adama Traore came off the bench and <laughs> it was his pace and power. And then obviously everyone at home is like, yeah, like, Adama came off the bench. We've all played football. We, we've, play, we've all played football and we all know yeah. that, yes, pace and power is important, but to play at the top level, pace and power is not what gets you on there. So for me, yeah, that level almost pace and power is getting you those ways. So for me, I think the fans are not ready to it. To, to respect managers and players that play in a style that isn't run, I'll be, run, I'll be honest with quick, you, with quick. the fans away from football, especially this season, and, and just getting an insight and being able to listen to coaches and players and things mm. of that nature whilst watching the game, I was expecting a lot more variation this season. And I don't find that I'm finding that. Mm. I really don't. Um, and okay. again, I don't know if I'm watching as much football as you guys but I'm not seeing anything that's exciting. Not in the Premier League, anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing any way of playing. I'm seeing teams that are on a good run, i.e. your Man City. But I'm not seeing anything whereby um, I'm being inspired or I'm learning yeah. something new this season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think yeah. City City are probably the most innovative team, team at the moment. I think just City and, you know, what... Pep has done with it's um, being highlighted a lot. Yeah. I think we're seeing a lot more now because yeah. we are watching Pep. Yeah, a lot because mm-hmm. he was doing that with you know the, the likes of Danny Alves. So, like, can I jump off the back of your but, point? I feel like again, the, for me, the media yeah. in England kills us because mm. it doesn't show us everything that's going on. We have to put Brendan Rodgers in there because he's had Vardy missing, he's had Tillemans missing, he's had uh, he had Madison missing right for a period of time. Well, lost he? me, Madison. You know, Sion Chu's missed most of the season. He got Fofana in, you know, from the same club mm. that Saliba and, mm. you know, Gabriel were from. He's had a lot of new pieces come into his mm. team and they're up their challenges. So for me, when you look at someone that can change his system mm. game on game and still, you know, mm. engineer mm. results, I think sometimes, you know, we do need to look and say, do you know what, actually, mm. teams like Brighton are trying new things. Yeah. Teams like Leicester are mm. trying new things. So I definitely feel like, that for me, it's a 50-50 balance. There's half the league that are playing the style of football that they yeah. always play and because there's no fans you know if we use Burnley as an example they've got mm. more basic Sheffield United <laughs> have kind of said you know what? without our fans we're not going to open up games of football but I do think there's a there's a handful of teams the mm. other way that have said you know what actually there are no fans here you know like Leeds another one we need to talk about Bielsa they're saying do you know what mm. actually there's no fans in the stadium no, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. this is a free hit I think so, I, I, I think definitely echo what split. you say about Rodgers but he's been doing that for a few years Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just being highlighted more because obviously he's back with a Premier League team and yes, yeah. they're on a really good run but Rodgers has been innovative, innovative for a long, long time, long time. Um, even gone, to the point yeah, where he was being ridiculed even to the point where he was being ridiculed and based yeah. like, well, nothing new under the sun you got the likes of Pep Guardiola that study this man you know, yeah. you know. so he's been an yeah. innovative figure for a very long time mm-hmm. also but um, yeah, I'm just not seeing, aside from those mm. ideologies from head coaches of the ones that we've just mentioned, I'm looking at the team this season and I'm not seeing mm. anything yeah. that would inspire me if I was a 17-year-old. 
as a you know. Okay. <laughs> Big star. You, like you need to, you need to behave. You need to behave. <laughs> I mean, Big, Big Sam back with a bang, eleven behind the ball. What are you talking about? Have you, have you oh, never heard I, of a formation eleven? I, I mean, nine zero one. I don't think, think I'd have to back some other dads. Put some respect on Big Sam. Some respect on his name. He's done a lot in the game. What? Do you know what? I'm not even in a place to make fun of the man because I I supported Bolton for a while, but the the quality of players he had at Bolton were a bit different. Jokaev, Campo, Okocha. He that day, you know, Stelius, Nolan, they allowed him to play football, even though sometimes yeah. it was still Route One, you know. But I mean, my guy comes back in the league <laughs> and is playing nine zero one. I mean, of course you've been missing think, for I've, the past four years. I think we've already Allardyce, know how you know, to beat you. I don't want to talk bad on anyone, but and if any of you guys listen to the Ravel Morrison interview with Rio Ferdinand, you you'll kind of know why Allardyce is where he is. Mm. That that his mm. issue is stuff outside of football. You know, as, as yeah. a coach and a manager, he's very good. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's made some life decisions mm-hmm. and now he's just taking jobs and he's managing maybe yeah. more so yeah. to pay the bills. You could argue that. Uh, but if you look back to his early days, mm-hmm. you know, look at the mm-hmm. plays he had at Bolton. Look at the players. You know, he was the first one to really bring mm-hmm. sports science. He changed. He was looking yeah, at obviously. analysis. He was doing a lot of stuff ahead America, of his time. And that's and... why he played football in America. So, Yeah. He did a lot of things, and then he got to England, and you know we're Niger- well, we're, well, we're all from African heritage, but he did a real Nigerian man move. He got the England job, and he sat at the head table <laughs> and he did some stuff he shouldn't have done. What do you mean, Paul? Do you care <laughs> to? Uh... Such... <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. To, you can't to, uh, do it. Uh, if, <laughs> <laughs> if I speak, I'll be in big, uh, big. Tell I hope you and Elijah got like lawyers for this uh, podcast, and uh, I mean. nah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, to be honest with you there's a disclaimer already you know <laughs> there's a disclaimer in place already I wasn't even here <laughs> this, is, this is a pre-recorded voice note <laughs> you guys just managed to be answering the question on you so hey <laughs> what can I say Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? What my? I don't even have lawyers. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've got conciliaries, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, you know, it's it's been amazing talking football with you guys, man. And Wayne, thank you so much. But before we go, all I'm yeah. going to say is the evidence is in the pudding with the Champions mm-hmm. League. The most successful teams in the Champions League are not English teams, and that just shows. You know, as much as the English team is you know, evolved, you can bring in Carlo Ancelotti to even manage West Brom if the core of how football is being thought about and being taught in this country. And, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying this so I can get in the squad after the pandemic, but, you know, at our, you know I can say at that level, and I, anyone can quote me, we've beaten the best teams in, the, in, in our division, in Essex Alliance Division 1. We play better football and that's one of the reasons why I actually play for, for yourself, Wayne and, and Paul. It's because I have been in this country 16 years and I've played for teams who play horrible football. And I have mm. sat on a bench many a times because I refuse to play football that way. <laughs> and, you know, I've ended up with you guys and you guys have actually just reignited, you know, loving well, playing you know, football. Tolly, you made a level, good point. And I won't know. ask Wayne to, to answer this because I know he, <laughs> he likes to play the diplomat. But, you know, where I will agree with the points people have made is if we're looking at football at grassroots step five, 
kind of you know non league football mm. then yeah the way we the way we play football in England is very specific um, and it's very regurgitated and there is an I feel coaches I don't know I can't speak for other coaches but it, it looks like from the outside in that there is a fear mm. of the new and embracing yeah. new tactics new ideas and really being brave and bold so you know if you go mm. from our division all the way up to kind of you know non league Ryman it's a very much mm. The same players, the same systems. There's nothing different. Yeah. It's very rigid. And I speak to so many boys in my age group that you know what X this team, X that team, and when they drop out of the academies, yeah. they can't yeah. really play this non-league football because they just don't enjoy it. And for anything, mm-hmm. it's not their ability; it's mentally. Draining, they yeah. just find yeah. it so draining that it saps yeah. the it saps the love out of football for them. Mm-hmm. And we're losing a generation of footballers because mm-hmm. when they drop out of the late Orients, etc., and they have to drop down to drop back up, can't they just go, this, you know what? Yeah. Can't be asked for this. Go, just go play goals six or five, five or five. Yeah, you're laughing, Elijah, but that's, that's yeah, that's, that's what there's on it. Honestly, it's true, bro. <laughs> yeah. like, the amount of players mm-hmm. that you'll go to and play at goals, or even good at our level, here, like, yeah. you are mm-hmm. too good to be playing here. They go and they'll be like, I'm not going to go play for yeah. a step five yeah. team because it'll be knock it long, have a, have a big put man in the mixer, the yeah. to and... flick it over, <laughs> and everyone run through. <laughs> yeah, I would never. <laughs> I, I would never forget what what England did to me the first nine years of my stadium. Football wise, wow. football wise, I would never ever forget. I hated football. Uh, I I hated football. I hated playing football in this country so much for the first five years because it it wasn't from the for the fact of not yeah. wanting to adapt. And you know, what, it was Tyler, just, just like just to what jump is off the back this? of that. Um, like, one of the things I've always said to peers: like, What's your purpose? What's our purpose? What's the purpose? So when I get players that message me and they say, mm. thank you for this, mm. and they say, you know what, you made me see things a different way or you made me understand things that way and I've enjoyed this and I've learned such and such, that's our currency. That's my currency. That's Paul's currency. So when, when we hear you say that, you know, you, know mm. you, you reignited your love for mm. football at the age that you are now, you know, um, and, you know, you, you want to play for another season or two mm. season at max, we we love hearing that. That's our currency. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you deserve like you know that what they always say: give people the roses. <laughs> you know and what? One I, more thing I need, need to something that's going to be straight and narrow. So me and Elijah are going to be talking. <laughs> no. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you need you need to you need to talk to him, man. And you know. It, like I said, you, you mentioned your currency and, you know, it, I'm a testimony and I've seen a lot of young boys who, you know, you've you've been nurturing for the oh, past yeah. two years. And, and I'm talking <laughs> about on a cold Wednesday night in Stoke, you've got mm-hmm. 30, 30 young kids mm-hmm. trying to play football, you know, come in training. This is not even match day. And, you know, it's only a testimony to, to the work you, you, you yourself and Paul are Likewise. doing. It's, it's, it's amazing having you on today's podcast. I've really enjoyed today. Not, not like I didn't enjoy you. You, know, free, you, free, are, you free are absolutely killing it. It was joy to me listening to you guys and seeing <laughs> what you guys are doing. You guys keep doing what you're yeah. doing. You're amazing, intelligent, super young kings, man. Do you know what I mean? You guys make me just want to be better. So just keep doing what you're doing, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, no, no, no. Thank, well, you, well, thank much, you. Thank Elijah, you. Elijah, any word for Wayne? Thank you for having me, sir. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> so are you, are you signing? Listen, he signed the NDA before this. Don't watch that. You might as well just close the deal. Is <laughs> is the is the is the journey? Might as just close the deal. You know. Uh, where are you traveling? Where are you traveling from, Elijah? From Syracuse. Oh, Come wow. on, it's twenty minutes, bro. <laughs> it's, it's the journey. Oh, twenty it's minutes, even, man. It's not even home game because I know you play in Ilford. Mm-hmm. It's an away game. Yeah. When you have to travel far, that's, yeah. that's the one. <laughs> you spend time with me. You get to spend more time. Do you know with me. what I like? What's, what's wrong with that? Way it works on, actually, we've, we've managed to reduce our away trips um, quite quite reasonably. Actually, at the moment, I think our furthest trip is only. I think yeah, I always say it's I only Romford this season. Yeah. I don't think we're going. I think and then the other way, well, as it stands, I think maybe Walthamstow, but we didn't even get around to that. Yeah. Because yeah. um, because I I used to yeah. play for Toby mm. FC in it. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I stopped like three years ago or four years ago. I stopped because we used to travel to like Southend. Yeah, they go crazy from, places, man. From yeah, from sorry, kids here all the way yeah. to Southend. I was like, oh, it's, getting, it's getting too much. <laughs> <laughs> like pay for football and then but, but I like, yeah. like yeah. no, it's too yeah. much. That, 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 yeah. Well, Elijah, you touched on something that myself and Wayne talk about a lot, which is we looked at the quality of different leagues. And, you know, obviously you mentioned earlier, myself yeah. and we both played in the same league before. You know, myself and Wayne said, you know what? We don't yeah. want people to be wasting a whole day. You know, I mean, can we find a league that's at the same yeah. level as the other league that you played in? But also, can we keep it more yeah. kind of, you know, yeah. Havering, Redbridge, Newham, Hackney? So that's something we've been yeah. working on really hard to keep yeah. the, the level of football high and really reduce the community mm-hmm. because as you get older, you can't be traveling yeah, these sweet. distances week in, week out. And I think you guys just, <coughs> just mentioning all that, I think, I'm, you know, we'd have to do a whole uh, section of the podcast on, you know, the commitment of playing in lower league and coaching in lower league at the same time. And, you know, teams around like, you know, hashtag FC, you know, mm. Hackney Wick. As much as people might think they're a joke, yeah. but in terms of yeah. the impact and the community yeah. as well, and I look Thank forward you, to sir. having you back, uh, Wayne, on, on on the show as well. But <laughs> Paul, this is uh, a bit cliche. Well, Do you have any words? No, for Wayne? I'm going to keep it respectful, so I'm not going to use any curse words. But I saw Wayne. I saw Wayne earlier today. He didn't say anything, so I'm upset now. He didn't say anything. We we had a good chat. He was like, oh, "How's your day? What are you up to later?" This and that, and he didn't say anything. So it's like you know when your friends are surprised or your missus or your partner, and they actually get you. You're fully surprised. Yeah. You didn't see it coming. And there's love, but there's there's. Well, hate P, you should be used to knowing that of, when I have good news. There's a lot. Of you know, I present it as and when it's there. Yeah. <laughs> Likewise, thank, you, thank you very Always much for doing pleasure. that, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I think, look, I shout Wait, Would you like you to give any shout-out to anyone? Or... Um, I want to shout-out all of my players. It's been a mm. difficult one, obviously, with um, COVID-19 stopping things happening. Yeah. But the main thing is that everyone's keeping mm. safe. You know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah. Stay focused. Start getting yourselves fit if you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> start getting ready mentally. Message. I've I've started I've started my running and, 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 and my gym work. Anyway, so. <laughs> uh, man, but yeah, 100. percent I do want to big up all of my players, man. Um, like I said, great bunch of lads. You know, committed. Always at training, like Tola said. 20, 25, 30 on a cold ass winner. 
Tuesday night, they're there, ready to go. So massive respect to all of my players and I'm looking forward to seeing all of you. Myself and Paul are looking forward to seeing all of you real soon, but just stay safe in the meantime. All right. Thank you very much again for coming on today. It's been it's been a blessing. It's been an amazing, you know, podcast today. I've, actually, I can't say enough. It's It's been an enjoyable discussion. And um, you boys will be pleased to hear that this now concludes today's uh, episode of today's podcast. Um, please tune in, uh, continue to share, like. Um, we're going to try, we're going to try to get on YouTube very soon. Uh, but for now, we're on Spotify and just on so many Anchor um, affiliate uh, podcasting uh, websites or apps you want to, if, if that's what you want to call it. But keep listening, keep sharing and keep tuning in. And if you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact me on Twitter. It is at General Tyler, that's T-Y-L-E-R. That's on Twitter. Please just drop yeah. a message. And Paul? It's for me, it's Coach your handle? 91 um, and that's on Twitter and Instagram. Drop me a like, drop me a follow, drop me a message. Anything to do with young people, coaching or community, that's the stuff I'm interested in. So happy to link in with local people with the same vision. Yeah, again, Instagram's and, the best place. And uh, Wayne, is Instagram the best place to nine, find you? Number nine being the highest number. Um, and again, <laughs> and again, you know, we're dealing with community, you know, we're dealing with progression, <laughs> we're, we're dealing with development. Um, so again, just as Paul just said, happy to link with all local affiliates on any type of project, as long as we're helping the youth. I'm on Instagram, Eli underscore. Okay, Elijah. Eli. That's where you can find me. Okay. Sweet, yeah. sweet, sweet. Unfortunately, we couldn't do the the uh, fixture roundup today, but you know, peace. You Take care, James. Thank you very much for your time, guys. I appreciate it. Have a stay blessed, blessed everyone. Right. Peace. Bye.